This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Wrestling Omakase. It is episode number 103, and we are live from a hotel room in Dallas to record the post G1 G1 Climax opening. I almost said G1 Final. Wow. So the opening night of the G1 Climax in Dallas, uh, all of us here attended, and we're here to talk about it right now. I have three returning guests, one brand new guest making its Omakase debut, who's also responsible for probably making this the best sounding episode we've ever had, so he should get first billing. Hi, Jeremy. Hello, hello. Happy to be here. Um, thanks for finally coming on. Only took 103 episodes. <laughs> I'm here, finally. Um, but yes, yeah, so uh, Jeremy's here in Dallas. Uh, was this your first ever New Japan show, by the way? Yeah, it was first, like, full-on New Japan show. I had seen the Ring of Honor New Japan show in Chicago back when New Japan actually brought wrestlers <laughs> that mattered to those shows. Yeah. I saw one of those, but uh, this was my first, like, full-on New Japan show. Awesome. Uh, but thanks for coming on. Thank you. And then returning guest here, hello, Jack. Hi, I'm glad to be here. Uh, I'm coming off a high after seeing Okada Tanahashi that was so good that I decided to buy tickets to see an Impact show so <laughs> that just goes to show you how good this show was that we were just at so, Imp- so Okada and Tanahashi drew you to Impact yeah they I guess are, watching Okada made me really want to see some Sammy Callahan I guess, <laughs> yeah. I guess that's how it works and this is also your first New Japan show right? Yeah, yes it was I've been to ROH and I went to All In but this is my first uh, New Japan proper show yet alright and August, another returning guest. Hello. Hello again. Uh, first New Japan show, I guess. Unless you want to count G1 Supercar, right? You were there. No. Well, you weren't. No, there. I was not. Oh, you were at All In. Okay. I was at All I'm In. Sorry. So there are there were three people on this card that I had seen before. Uh, Kota Ibushi and Okada at All In. And then a Hideo Itami match at an NXT house show. So everyone else was brand new to me. Well, all right. Well, thanks for coming on. And Quinlan, I don't have to ask you, you just were in Japan with me, so this was not your first New Japan show, this is like what, you're like your eighth or something? Uh, I don't like that, Matt. well what do we count as New Japan All right, shows? so let's just do it real quick, I, I'm going to have one on you right away, Invasion okay. Attack, or two on you, because I went to a Road 2 Cork and also, so 2016 for me, Road 2, Invasion Attack, Invasion Attack, then, oh you didn't go to Strong Style of all of me either, that's right, so it's three I have that you don't have. Mm-hmm. 
I went to three the first time I went to Japan. Right, three straight nights. I went nights to two last time. So Dominion and One year and, well, the G1 Supercard, does that count? I guess that counts. I think that counts. Okay, yeah. then I guess that's... So it's your all the other ones were really Ring of Honor yeah. shows. I think G1 Supercard counts. If you, Whenever New Japan talks about it, they just pretend it wasn't <laughs> a Ring of Honor, Honor didn't show. didn't exist like a Ring of Honor. like, like <laughs> I, I forget where I, I... I think it might have been Kenta when he was doing like an interview on the New Japan English website where he was just, like, stated matter-of-factly, well, New Japan sold out Madison Square Garden. Like, it wasn't even, like, a thing, like, there was anything else involved. It was just mm. New Japan. So, that that counts. But, yeah, so you, this was your seventh New Japan show. Okay. It was my tenth. So, <laughs> you've seen a few of these. Was there anyone on the card you haven't seen before live? The only one I wasn't sure about is Lance Archer. I mean, I saw him do we a saw him run in, yeah. But the I don't final. think I've ever seen him. Do, the only time I would have, might have seen him do a match is that TNA pay-per-view we went to in 2009. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he was even on the card. Although... Naito and Yochiro Takahashi were on that card but yeah. all those years ago in the junior tag match, which Hernandez was also fighting for. But <laughs> a noted junior story. heavyweight, Hernandez. Yeah. yeah. All right. <laughs> well, thanks for coming back on, Quinlan. So, we're here in Dallas. Uh, I had a mini disaster when we landed mm-hmm. getting a hotel. So, we're not in the hotel we originally booked, but what are you going to do? Uh, big fuck you to the Hyatt House of <laughs> downtown Dallas for... Yep. Canceling our room because of a water pipe. Mm. I doubt. I doubt it. Um, but yeah, so we're here in a different hotel, which I guess is fine, and recording this podcast. Uh, did you guys all get in today, or did you get in yesterday? How'd you guys get to Dallas? I got in yesterday. Um, yeah, I flew in. I got in like super late last night, like eleven or something like that, eleven thirty, and then yeah, got to the hotel and crashed. You drove here from from. Sorry, where you Wisconsin, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I flew oh. from Chicago to uh, to uh, DFW here, and then yeah. You, did you drive? I know you're the famous driver. Drove all the way to Chicago. Um, we did. I did not drive. If it was a little bit shorter, I would have mm. at least given it some more consideration. But it's like eight to nine hours. Mm. I was like, it's just a little too long. So I flew down. I came. I arrived like five o'clock yesterday. So. Yeah, I got in around 5.30 yesterday and I flew out of Milwaukee, got in and out, all that good stuff. Yeah, we did. I'm running on like fumes here because we like, I woke up at 6.30 in the morning and fucking flew here, you know, at 9 a.m. from New York today. But I, it didn't really like, it was one of those time, things where the adrenaline got me through the entire show. Like I really didn't feel tired mm-hmm. at all. Yeah. But now I'm starting to feel it so <laughs> I to get through this podcast. Um Okay, so first of all, you should talk about the elephant in the room, I guess, the crowd, which was, it looks small. I will say, apparently, it looks worse on TV, I think, because, um, you know, they, they did a really poor job actually, like, shooting the crowd in a way that would hide it, which is what you'd expect them to do, but they kept showing the empty sections. Yeah, I can see a little bit of that on the screen. Yeah, there were entire sections empty like, and I don't know if they were for sale or not for sale, but yeah. the camera, every time I'd look up on the screen, like, an empty section would be in the background. Yeah. Especially if they were, like, because you had these big empty sections behind, like, the stage. Yeah. Which just looked bad. Now, look, they did, the, the official number was 4,846. Apparently, they wanted 10. So that's what they were looking for. They didn't even quite hit half that. So you can't call that a success. On the other hand, um, I'm sure the building did not come full price. They have 
you know, Uncle Mark Cuban. <laughs> given, it's, I'm sure that's the reason why the building got booked in the first place. And the merch lines were like nuts. Yes. Like we saw one merch line coming in, and I, you know, managed to get over there and get a Hello Kitty shirt finally, which I always wanted. And <laughs> it stretches, all, it stretches like all the way back immediately, and it's like maybe five minutes after the doors open. It was already like all the way down the concourse, and just kept like growing as we stood there. So when I'm sure I, they uh, they made a killing on that. When I stepped out during the Evil Fale match to get a drink, the, so the merch table was empty. Oh. Like, they were folding it up. Like, they sold everything. Yeah. It, yeah. Was, it was all gone. So, I mean, they, they probably did really well um, on merch. And, you know, I, they, it's clear. We'll talk later on about the future plans. It's clear they decided to cut back a little bit on the arena size in the next, the next set of shows. But at the same time, they had Okada go out there at the end of the show and say... We're bringing the G1 back to America. There's no way they have them do that if they weren't confident they were actually going to try. So I don't know what size building will be next time, but clearly this wasn't enough of a failure to make them even think, you know, rethink the whole G1 in America thing. So I will say there were two seats behind me, like directly behind me, that were empty the entire time. Yeah. But I know that section was sold out. Like if you looked on the ticket sales, our, our section was was not available for anything. Yeah. So I think maybe some resellers uh, didn't get their money back, um, uh, at my, least on those two seats. My heart breaks for them. Yeah. So, so I don't know, you know, what the actual attendance is, but yeah. Yeah. I wonder if part of it is that, like, American crowds just aren't going to buy tickets without knowing what the card is or what's going to be on it. I'm glad you brought that up because, look, I, there's there's two kinds of fans here, right, when it comes to this. If you just don't know anything about New Japan or you don't know what the G1 is or you don't know, um, you know, you just don't know enough to know that you're going to get big matches, that's fine. I get white and buy a ticket. There is a second kind of fan who I saw on Twitter be like, if I had known Okada and Tanahashi was the main event, I would have come. It's the fucking opening night of the G1. If you care enough that you would have gone for that match, you should have fucking known you were going to get that match or a match as big as that. I mean, when's the last time they ran an opening night of G1 without a gigantic main event? I really can't think of any year. I mean, they've always done... Like, last year was Okada J. White, which was a big deal because they had never done it, and Jay White was, like, this new hot heel. Um, and then they also had Night to Omega on night two, which, you know, the first B-block night. Um, I know they've done like they've done like a Bushi Naito on night one. Uh, I think a Bushi Tanahashi one year. Okada AJ. I mean, you really think you're not gonna get a gigantic match on night one? You're insane. And so I don't know. I think some of the people didn't buy it who should know better. I'm just like, you really need to wait to know the exact like two main advantages you're gonna get. I just like, well, you, I th- yeah. I was one of the people that waited, and I think like. I was worried that they were going to just come in with the perspective that, like, well, we brought you the G1. Um, like, maybe that's enough. That, And you're going to get a good match. But I live in Wisconsin. The show's in Texas. Like, do I want to travel across the country for a really great match? Probably not. It had to be something kind of special to get flying people which is what they really needed here. Now, if I'm like, if I was still living in D.C. and the show's in New York or something, like that's an easy trip to make. You just jump on the Amtrak, you're right there. So, sure, that's not a big deal to travel for that show. 
when you're in Texas, which doesn't seem to have, a, <laughs> there's not going to be this bustling New Japan fandom here. Yeah. And it's nothing's close to here. Like, even the big cities in Texas aren't close to Dallas. Yeah. You need people to, you need the fly in people. And so, if you're relying on the fly ins, I think you got to tip them off early. Like, hey, we're going to give you something like extra that's going to be worth like making a trip for this show. Mm. I guess I just assumed they would. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, so. that's, I mean, I booked this trip like the moment they announced it back in January, and I was just like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I had a guess on the main event, but I was like, I'm sure it'll be something gigantic, and it was. So I mean, I just I I just figured. I I, I came from New York, obviously, so it's a pretty far trip for me. I I also came from Wisconsin, and I was on the same boat as John. Like when they announced January fourth, the Wrestle Kingdom, that they're coming to Dallas, immediately I was like, oh shit, I gotta go with that, and then I did. Because I was expecting that they would deliver a good match. And then as time went on, sort of like April, May, I think I realized like, oh, if, if they could totally do Okada Tanahashi, because it's a match that, you know, still draws in Japan, but diminishing returns because of how many times they've done it. But like, if you bring that to America, I mean, that's a pretty big match for people to see. And I mean, you can see by the, there were standing ovations and they didn't even do anything in the first two <laughs> minutes of the match. But I mean, that just really goes to show you that like how important that match is. Anyway, I'm shaming the people out there who, who like, oh, could have gone if there was nothing in April. You should have just bought your tickets anyway. Well, then fine. <laughs> um, how about, did, when did you book your flight? Like a month ago or something? No, like two, three weeks ago. Okay, and it wasn't that bad? It wasn't too, too bad. Okay. It was, you know, I mean, it was reasonable enough that I did it. Yeah. But... I don't remember what I paid, but I don't, I don't think I paid that much. But I booked it in January, so, yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's the crowd. Clearly, they're they were satisfied enough with it to come back for next year's G one. So that makes me think, you know, or have Okada tease they will anyway. Is so next year the Olympics? Yes. Also? It's also the thirtieth G one. So I was wondering if he's gonna announce like multiple shows. I kind of wonder year. if they do like an international G one. Well, the only thing they, no, the no, no, the only, unless they move it. The only venue they have to worry about is the Budokan. I think. I don't think the Sumo Hall even hosts uh, anything. But, but I could still, be wrong. It's just going to be somebody said, crazy. Somebody pointed way. out that they, I think they, it wouldn't be as big of a deal as people think it is, like, as far as the time frame goes. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't Maybe they'll have to move it or something. But yeah, so Okada says they're coming back. I assume that means they're coming back. I don't know why they'd have him say that. If they <laughs> He's were, a liar. Just make everybody sad. <laughs> so, Especially since he was, like, the main one. Like, there was rumors that he was the one behind the scenes who pushed for this show to be in America in the first place. So yeah. you think he would be... There's also plus. rumors that he's the yeah. one pushing to not be with Ring of Honor anymore. So that would be <laughs> thank awesome. you, Okada. Uh, he's big friends he, with the Bucks. Well, that, I don't even think it's just that though. I think he fucking hates Ring of Honor, and apparently the rumors are like a lot of New Japan people feel that way. So I know Tama Tonga doesn't like. But yeah, so let's get into the show itself then. I guess the G1 climax opener from Dallas, night one. The American Airlines Center. So this is probably going to be the only G1 undercard I watch all year. <laughs> I just can't imagine myself sitting there through fucking, you know, four or five meaningless matches unless I'm really bored. So, but as far as undercard goes, this is actually kind of fun. Yeah. I didn't think it was like bad or anything either. I watched all the undercards last year oh, and at, at home with the baby yeah. and, you know, just put the G1 show on in the morning. And it was pretty typical 
of how they go. It's only, it's like an hour. The matches are only less usually less than ten minutes. You know. I mean, if I, I will be honest, if I was also at home all day, I probably would just watch the undercards <laughs> yeah. too. It's more just it also as a time thing. But yeah, so it opened up with the Girls of Destiny beating Rapunky 3K in 642. Um, this was mostly because there was no Taichi and John Moxley. Uh, so you had, you know, you were missing a match basically as far as like a hype match. But what, this match was okay. Um, I believe I went to exactly two and a half on it. Very average match. I didn't think it was anything super special, but... I'll say I think it was smart of them to get the Gorillas on the card somewhere, since they're not in the G1. And they're very popular for God. American fans love the Gorillas of Destiny. Yeah, it shocked me how popular they were. It didn't shock me because I saw it at MSG. I was like, what the fuck? Is that just Bullet Club? Is that why? But Folly wasn't over. People love Tama Tonga. Weirdly, Folly was over at MSG, though. MSG, yeah, they love Folly. He had a big pop. And when when they go to California, they love him, too. Really? Yeah, but he yeah, did not get not, any pop. Not enough. here. Well, yeah. maybe it's because everyone loved evil in the audience, yeah. and I, I do I, love evil, and they don't care. Don't <laughs> it is really funny here. An entire crowd of people chant evil. <laughs> I was walking. I was coming back from the uh, like concessions during when that when the entrance was happening for that, and I heard like the guy in the concession stand like closing up chanting evil. Like I don't know if he just knew who he was or just found the name funny, but. Yeah. Like, anyway, so this match, it was a match, it fine. was fine. Yeah, Any I other thought it was super fun. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. Sean, you are very attractive human beings, they are <laughs> extremely attractive, especially in person. Yeah, yeah. So that will bring us, I guess, to match two. If nobody else has anything yeah, else, no. Jeff Cobb and Red Narita defeating Ishii and Umino. Uh, Cobb pinned Umino in 718 with Tour the Islands. This I enjoyed more. I went yeah. like about three and a quarter on it. Uh, you know, Ishii and Cobb showed a lot of fire going on each other. Made me excited for the match next weekend. And Narita and Umino, I mean, what else can you say about them at this point? They're like two of the best young lines I've ever seen. I mean, Narita showed it over and over again in Best of Super Junior. So, but yeah, they were great here too. Just a really fun match. Ishii is very over. And Ishii is awesome. They love him. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Seeing him in person, that Ishii that is, uh, that was this. He was the first guy in the show that I was like, oh, I can't wait to see him, and it I was, delivered. I was bouncing in my chair. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was the, exciting. The first time I saw him was was something I'll never forget. So yeah, Philadelphia. I do love how he just like completely no sells the crowd, like chanting him no matter what <laughs> where it is. He's great. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's pretty great. Um, match number three, Bullet Club, Chase Owens, and Jay White, uh, I could believe, losing, yes, to Yoshashi and Hiroki yeah. Goto. I couldn't remember who won that one. Yana? But Goto pinned Owens and... No, Yano pinned Owens. Yano's in the next one. Oh, match. no, it was in the next match, right. Yes, Goto pins Owens in 838 with the GTR. I thought it was, uh... It was a GTR. Yeah. It was a pretty good match. Uh, you know, again, like a two and a half star, not anything special. Yeah, it was... Totally. I mean, I chanted, I just yelled out Yoshi a couple times because I felt like the guy needed Poor some more. Yoshi. So they flew him over, and then he's just here on the other card for some reason. I guess they felt bad, so they took him to America, like a just pity trip. 
But it is really funny to see Yoshiashi yeah, go from like um, <laughs> go from being in the G one to not being in the G one. Pity trip. I mean, he's more like a punishment. Like you got to get on a fucking flight for thirteen hours and then uh, <laughs> you know That's not even be in the goddamn G one. And then do a segment or part of the match where you're going face to face with the person who took you out of the G one. That's true. And he just got gets his fucking ass kicked by Chase Owens for a long time. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. But I don't know. No one else has any thoughts on this compelling tag. I mentioned it earlier, but Goto Goto's in pretty good shape. Yeah, he like looks he, he looks uh, nice and lean, leaner than I expected him to look. I like the whole thing with White being like intimidated by him. Like, yeah, oh, yeah, that was, that was good. Even though he's beating this man repeatedly, it's like, oh, the new Goto is scary. Goto has to fucking be him next week. Absolutely. Come on. He has to. There's one win that has to happen. There's another one. There's one win in each block. That's one. the win in B block. That has What's to the one in A block? That's that. Sonata has to beat Okada. Oh, yeah. He has to fucking beat Okada. First of all, Goto never has to win. <laughs> but he should. I should say he should. He doesn't. Yeah. What? Another thing, too, with that, I was really surprised there was that segment where Chase Owens just got all of the offense on Goto. And you're like, oh, now this is where Goto reverses it. And he didn't. And yeah, Chase Owens just kept beating him down. It's like, what is happening right now? Chase is a badass. But no, Goto recovering at the penalty, so that's good. Uh, match four, undoubtedly the highlight of the undercard. Yep. The Toriano, Juice Robinson, Juice Under Liger beat. Lij Naito Shingo and Bushi in eight eighteen. First of all, I love that they gave everybody on both teams their own entrance yes. because everybody was so over in this match. Yeah. I mean, Liger was okay. Liger obviously is always going to be over. Juice is like really over now. Like I was surprised the crowd's going nuts for Juice Robinson. Like a few years ago, U.S. crowds didn't give a shit about Juice Robinson. Mm-hmm. So they've done a great job getting him over in you know in Japan, but also in America too now. Um, I assume being programmed at Moxley probably helped too. Definitely. Um, Yano's always been over. I mean, that's nothing new. And then, you know, LIJ, very. And, and Naito our, is pretty, uh, fairly popular. Our whole section had LIJ, you know, towels, signs, jackets, everything. <laughs> As they're waving all that, the look Juice Robinson was giving our section, <laughs> yeah. he walked pace back down the ring, like, disapproving, like. <laughs> Cheering for these evil men. Just this whole set with all these signs and banners and shit. Yeah. L.I.J. He's like, I don't know about you guys. Yeah, I was uh, certainly the outlier there for sure. Yeah, yeah, you end up in the L.I.J. section, which is funny. Yeah. Really like L.I.J. really. Yeah, I, Everybody I boo fine. Jack. Yeah. Boo. I'm wearing my really Omega shirt. to see his jacket. I don't know why. <laughs> Oh, God, that jacket was... He just kept holding it up. I don't know if you wanted Nike to, like, get out, invite him into the ring or something. <laughs> I got a jacket! Like, he, for, for, like, and before the match, during the match, after the match. And then there was and multiple like, people showing, like, put the fucking jacket down! <laughs> yeah. And that oh, was, that was great, Huber. Did, did he want Nike to invite him into the group? Like, yeah, he's, to Japan with him? I don't know. What was he's the, the new role. If he wanted to marry him. I don't, I, I don't, I don't know. That, he, he was really wanted. But yeah, this was like as good of a eight, 18, eight minute, 18 eight second, minutes, six yeah. grand tag as you're going to say. I mean, like a three and a half star match. Really fun. Yano won with the low blow roll up on Bushi. Um, you know, we had some Juice and Shingo were squaring off, oh. and Juice was like showing off his height advantage, and Shingo was not intimidated. And Naito and Yano, they had a fun little exchange towards the end, too. Where, like, Yano was, like, you know, getting the, uh... Like, Naito was very, you know, calm, as usual, when Yano was doing the rope shit. Like, he wasn't gonna fucking take the bait. Yep. But then the moment Yano started taking the turnbuckle off, Naito was suddenly very concerned. 
So they had a really fucking funny match last year. Yeah, so I'm, I'm looking forward to that one. They have another one next week. Um, I got one more thought. Uh, so I've never seen like half these guys live. So like Yano live is very fun, and Shingo I've I watched him a little bit in Dragon Gate, but when he started getting New Japan, I'm like, oh, this dude has a special aura, and seeing that live was a incredibly unique feeling. It's like it just even on shows with like people like Tanahashi, Liger, Okada, like Shingo to me stood out just with just he has this presence about him. And how he interacted with the crowd, like he was interacting with our section, yeah, during like bushy heat segments, and he was just fantastic <laughs> the entire time. Yeah, he's trying to shush the crowd. Shingo was awesome. I mean, Shingo has always been awesome, but he's, you know, he was very popular. Uh, so. Do we know if Shingo's one of the guys telling them not to go work with ROH anymore? Because I'm sure <laughs> he has bad memories of when he wrestled there, and they just would chant mullet at him, uh, and over and over again. I don't know. Good. I haven't heard anything about that, but. Juice was like incredible live too. I just like the charisma that he has that he projects is insane. That it's it's completely unthinkable to me that he is CJ Parker, that they are (laughs) the same person. Like, I don't know how that's possible. We had this guy that was just a total nothing in NXT, and now in New Japan, he's like. He's a guy. Like, there's no reason why in years to come they couldn't push him as far as they want to. People, well, I think people are down on his chances in this G1, but I could see him getting like 10 points and in an intercontinental title match out yeah, of this. I think so. I, I think he's going to be a push commodity going totally. forward. I think he pins Naito, and definitely he's going to pin Moxley on that final night. Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, I don't know about paying Naito, though, because maybe if he pins Moxley, he'll probably get the next US shot. So I don't know. Does anyone really want that title? Do, do you remember last... I think it was last year, right? Where Juice kept trying to beat Naito. So yeah. many, like, three shows in a row or whatever. He kept trying. He finally got a pin on him to get that singles match. Then, you know, he lost that. But there's there's history between them. Yeah, I think that was... Two, wasn't that two I think that might have been two years. Was yeah. It? Okay. Because the last year was... A, I remember that the Icy Town match was disappointing. But then last year they had that match with the G one. It was fucking awesome. Yeah, I don't really like the Icy title match they had, but that was the only one apparently. (laughs) But I I think he, I think he gets an Intercontinental title shot. I think he's one of Naito's challengers this this fall. Intercontinental and briefcase, you mean? Yes. uh, Then match number match number five, the first G one climax match proper. uh, Lance Archer defeating Will Ospreay in eighteen sixteen with they're calling the E B oh. Everybody dies claw. There you go. It's like EBD claw. And I was like, oh, everybody dies claw. Um, yeah, this was awesome. I didn't, I was on the record of not really being as high on their New Japan Cup match as everybody, as a lot of other people were. Now, on the internet, that gets turned into, John hated fucking it. hated the match. John thought it was the worst match of all time. I think it went like three and a half on it, which is a good match. John fucking thought it sucked. So, sure. Um... But I, this one I liked a lot better. I went four stars on it. Yeah. I thought it was awesome. Um, Considering you, know, you hate Will Ospreay, that is a... I don't hate Will Ospreay. <laughs> yeah. The worst stars. wrestler ever. Can you do a tier list he's like ninth, he's you, ninth place you, for me you, right you now. You put him in the garbage tier. When you okay, that was, uh-huh. that was a joke. That was a jokey tier list. That was a jokey tier list, clearly. Anyway, I have him ninth place for wrestling here so far. Mm-hmm. So Or most outstanding. We don't know wrestling. Whatever the fuck you want to call it. I mean, um, that is considerably lower compared to a lot of other people. So I don't like, again, this is what's about the internet, sir. <laughs> if you don't like somebody as much as other people mm. like him, it becomes you hate him. 
So Jack out here demonstrating it in real time. <laughs> Thank you, my stand-in for the internet. I guess it makes sense because you're a child. By far the youngest. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we lost for it, but I don't hate us. That's where we were at. Uh, He's my ninth. Did you most think Archer rankless. just carried him to a really good match? <laughs> yes, that's what I think. Uh, yeah, this... Folly will carry Osprey to a good match? No, wrestling. No. no. They... Okay. It was an awesome match, though. And yeah. Osprey bumped his ass off, took that yeah. fucking chair, bumped through the right, table. Right away, Ooh. he was jumping around. He jumped he, this is when the crowd really like got into the show. Oh, yeah. Osprey. when I got into the show. Yeah, what the, what were... are you talking about? The crowd was in the No, they were laughing, but they were like, wow, yeah. wow, once this match started. They were like, okay, the G1, now it's time to like turn it up to 11. Like they, they 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 got loud during early matches, but this time they were they were louder than they had been so far. I guess that's fair. I mean, they went from. I'm not saying they were dead all night. Yeah. They were making noise, but this time they were like screaming and yelling and waving and jumping up and down. Even I jumped up one. a lot more in this match than I did any time previously. Yeah. Yeah, I loved this match. I mean. It started with a C4. Like, that was the first move <laughs> yeah, of the match. Awesome. And then it just got insane. And then, like, the beatdown, I never, like, it never felt too slow or too laborious to me. Like, I was in with it, and it was what it needed to be. Like, Lance Archer needed to just beat him pillar to post. And then once Will hit his comeback, the crowd was just molten. And it just, from there to the finish, was just insane. Like, I... I loved it. I thought it was great. Yeah. Any other thoughts on this? Yeah, I'm with uh, Jeremy. It was fantastic. I was. I'm a big Osprey fan. I have him number one on my most outstanding. Mm-hmm. Make of that what you will. But uh, yeah, I I was also really impressed here by uh, Archer and going into this G1, I wasn't exactly sure how he'd be because you know in the past I've Evan mixed on him, but. He really impressed me in this match, and if he can like bring this power-based, like unique offense, consider it with his weird ass, like I said, this Mad Max villain look, I think he could be a very interesting person in that A block and add like a unique dynamic to it. That it's hard to find of just this giant ass dude. He like previous years we had sort of Fale in that role of you know always getting ten points because he's bigger and stronger than everyone else and last year that fell off and we'll see what happens this year but i think it might fall off again too but i think you could slot archer in that monster spot see, most people seem like have like a four point from them like that's way too low i put him pretty one? low oh, archer yeah i have like i think i had him at either six or eight but i just don't see him going fucking two and seven yeah. i'll uh, say i'll say this about this match osprey is one of the people that i've seen live for the first time and he is so much more exciting live. Definitely. <laughs> like Definitely. it was, it was awe-inspiring at times watching him, watching him work. So we need to rewind, by the way, because I've totally forgot to to mention this. And this, I could do a podcast just on this. Before the G1 matches started, they announced the Fighting Spirit Unleashed tour is coming to the East Coast, which is first of all great news for me personally, since I live on the East Coast, mm-hmm. and I was thinking. You know, this might be my last New Japan show of the year because I'm, I'm definitely not going to Super J Cup. But no, they're coming to me. So they're doing three dates: Friday, September 27th in Boston, uh, the mm-hmm. Wow Memorial Auditorium. Yeah. No, we're not going to go to that. Boston's. But Saturday and Sunday we'll probably go. Saturday, yeah. September 28th in Hammerstein, uh, and then Sunday, retirement. Sunday. So I think it says Countdown to Retirement. Not I fact. read. I read Retirement. It says here. As legendary referee Tiger Tori counts down to his uh, retirement, so I don't think he's. Because I already reported that he is retiring on that show. What? But oh. he, that might have been him because it was him speaking in English. Maybe he 
like said it wrong. It could be a countdown. I mean, it would be weird to have his last match in New York and not <laughs> Japan. I mean, his last referee. So, so and you, then, you might be right. I'm and then Sunday, September 29th in Philadelphia in the East Sevier Arena, which is that. Just seeing New Japan East Sevier Arena, Arena will be a fucking experience. Which, have they run that building no. anymore? No. They've gone to Philly. Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, but was it in that 2011 building? show with MVP winning the Intercontinental title? Oh, you're right. <laughs> yeah. I totally fucking forgot that about that. 10. That was the fucking. <laughs> that was the Jersey All Pro Wrestling. God damn it, Jack. <laughs> do, do, look, Wait, do we want to count that? I don't know if we want to count that. What building was that? In? It was. It was the East Sevier Arena. I totally but fucking forgot about that. Philly Suicide or something. No. Okay. I totally fucking forgot about that fucking. Uh, that New Jersey All Pro Wrestling tour. I mean, look, it had New Japan guys on it. It also had like Charlie Haas. And a bunch of other people. So I, I guess it, I guess it counts. But anyway, it'll be cool seeing an actual New Japan show there. I haven't been to ECW I mean, since like 2011. So we saw we saw New Japan Ring of Honor there. I mean the honor. Okay, and that's what I'm talking. Well, yeah, no, okay. I'm just, well, New Japan guys were there. I think that, I'm saying that's you were there for like it was like 2014. So yeah, so 2014. Yeah, like, so yeah. 2014. No, no, 2015, 2015. Yeah. So that was a lot. So I guess four years ago. But it'll be cool seeing an extra New Japan show. There. I, I, I now, speaking of Ring of Honor, or as you might want to call them, Ring of Cups, <laughs> uh, they got—they are—they're basically just watching New Japan run their fucking buildings in the East yeah. Coast. These are all three of these buildings. Your buildings, New Japan runs. Our Ring of Honor runs all the goddamn time. So not only is New Japan doing an East Coast tour without them. Because they're going to be in Las Vegas that weekend, apparently. Like, Mike Johnson from PW Insider first tweeted out, like, ROH is not involved in these in this New Japan tour. And yeah. then he tweeted out, actually, they're in Las Vegas that weekend. So mm-hmm. we won't even be, like, full of Ring of Honor people. People worried about that. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's everybody's reaction. So Thank if God. I, like, boo, like, Jay White, like, his girlfriend isn't going to take me backstage <laughs> and, like, yell at me. No. No? Okay, um, I'm just making sure. But, yes. So Ring of Honor is not involved. They're in, they're in Vegas that weekend. So they're basically watching New Japan take their fucking buildings, just like New Japan's taking their fucking mark position. I mean, Ring of Honor has to be the only promotion in history that's willingly handed over all of their market position to two other entities. They're just like, okay, the elite, you can do whatever the fuck you want. We'll help you do your fucking training wheel show. Whatever. And New Japan, you want to promote your American shows on our broadcast, bring out the U.S. belt in the middle of Hammerstein and say, here's, we're going to have a fucking show for this tournament thing, the first G1 special. I guess you can do that too. But they get to use Goto and Buffalo, so <laughs> yeah. really fair, fair trade-off. Fair trade-off. Uh, Are they going to start advertising WWE shows? Or <laughs> like, Ring of Honor is just, it's incredible. I mean, they, I don't, they don't know what the fuck they, they just fucking handed it, handed it all over to... To New Japan and to, obviously to All Elite Wrestling. And they like wanted... They just, you want to be number two AW in the U.S.? Here you go. You want to be number three in the U.S., New Japan? We're happy to help. <laughs> Yet they wanted to fight to have the their title match at the main event of MSG. Like, <laughs> that was the first time they, they ever were, took it. Yeah. That was the first time they ever took a stand against New Japan, and they still backed down. And who who was it? Someone had to have said to them eventually, you know... You're just gonna have your main event in front of an empty building. People are gonna leave. Like last year Don't. with Kenny Omega and Cody not main yeah. eventing, and then everyone left because that show was seven hours long. Like why? Would, so yeah. But, but anyway, so and then uh, you have the added like uh, amusement too of obviously this Ring of Honor Hammerstein show in two weeks looks like an absolute disaster. Mm-hmm. They've shut down the top balcony. I mean, they're not gonna sell fucking tickets for it anymore. 
because they've sold like 150 or 200 tickets total for that goddamn building that fits like what, like 1,800, mm-hmm. I think. So they're going to draw like 300 people, and two months later, their partner, air quotes, is going <laughs> to probably have sold the building out in like 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. I'm convinced if they're going to put these tickets on sale in two weeks, they're going to sell it out in 10 minutes. That's what I think. Mm-hmm. But. I think there's 1,800 people who are going to buy tickets for that. Anyway, so I, I think it'll definitely sell. Especially yeah. considering New Japan has largely stayed towards the West Coast. And, I mean, Dallas is, like, the farthest east they've gotten, I believe. Other than the, uh, the G1 yeah, Supercard. Other than the G1 Supercard. Which was half our wage air quality. Okay, although, first, again, like, they don't acknowledge that. Right, right, right. right. And they that don't also, but I won't forget it because that ladder <laughs> match went on for, like, 45 minutes, so... I, people like that fucking thing. I mean, thing. I didn't... If they it was cut it down shit. by 15 minutes, it I thought it would have been... Terrible. Look, it was, it was, it was a, I thought it was long. three stars, but... Three stars is really high. If you, if you cut it down, it would have been... Look, what I'm going to remember from the Ring of Water half is fucking Ed's on cast for the rest of my life. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, <laughs> and how they've never shown and they up never again. they never shown up again. All they did was piss off New Japan. Yeah. Which New Japan answered by, like, sending, like, Hiroki Goto for that global uh, I could just do an entire podcast just Donkey Arming of Honor because yeah, nobody yeah. deserves it more. Mm-hmm. Totally. Uh, in the last like five years. But I mean, you just told us when we were all got here, like, Ring of Honor hasn't been good as long as I've been a wrestling fan. Yeah, right. I got into wrestling 2014. And yeah, I, I watched some of Ring of Honor, but it was way past like the era of like, it was, that was starting when WWE started to poach any yeah. guys. And that's really how they lost all the talent. And Jay Lethal's never moved the needle for me. And even though I'm a fan of the elite guys, I think they're running ROHs. I don't know. Not, nothing to write home about. And it certainly didn't make the promotion as a whole any better. Yeah, I mean, they there's a lot to set, be said about that. I mean, we could do a podcast just on that someday, I think. Just Definitely. like on how badly Ring of has been run and how much they set themselves up for failure. But that's not what this podcast is about. So <laughs> I, I just wanted to mention. So we'll see what the French Fan and Leafs cards are like. I mean, if it's anything like last year, they'll bring over a pretty full mm. crew. Um, I mean, these are smaller buildings than Long Beach was, though. So you're doing three shows instead of one. So I guess we'll see. But it's not like it's not like the New Beginning in USA shows this year because mm. it's not actually at the same time as the New Japan Tour. The Destruction Tour ends the week before, so it's just like last year, where it's, it's in the the gap between Destruction. And King of Pro Wrestling. So, I mean, this might be like the normal pattern now, I guess. Maybe we'll get like an end of September U.S. date of some kind every year. So I guess you can plan for that. And then nothing again probably until February after this. Mm-hmm. If they keep the same pattern. Because they didn't run anything last year between Fighting Spirit Unleashed and... Oh, that, that Lions They had the Lions yeah. Gate shows. Uh, they are doing that again. They they've did already, promote already, that. Yeah. Is that the they've anime convention, said, right? That's at the anime convention, yeah. Right, right. So they've already said they're doing that again. I guess that, that costs them like nothing to do, I guess, because right. they're already doing the convention. But yeah, uh, it's interesting, and I'm excited to be going to more New Japan this year. Do Unexpected. you think that the ECW Arena main event will be better than a street fight between Toge Makabe and Rhino? Uh, probably. How about Kenny Omega defeating Jushin Thunder Liger for the JAPW Light Heavyweight title? That probably was pretty good, but I don't remember anything about it. <laughs> This this card's just wild. You could wow, yeah. homicide and Dan. I Nash. thought you were gonna like wow. quote me like whatever the last Ring of Honor made there was like I don't know Bully Ray versus yeah, a dog fucking shit fan versus old dog shit. <laughs> like but yeah, all right. So back to the G one matches. Some then guy I guess thinks the Earth is flat versus. <laughs> um... There's like multiple ones there now. <laughs> what? Like Jeff Cobb said, he thinks something about the Earth being flat. You just so, gotta think what about is it. <laughs> 
I think going on Jericho's podcast makes you like more of a conspiracy theorist in general. Yeah, I've listened to those episodes and I'm like, okay, these guys are think Back to the Future was a warning about 9/11. So obviously, they're out of their minds. Like, there's an hour and a half video about that. So, just like, no, you just it's funny to listen to, but you don't like go like, okay, wow. <laughs> we won, back the Egyptians to... figured out what shape it was. Maybe they were wrong all those thousands of years ago. But it was all... Okay. Uh, okay, so bad luck probably being evil. We can spend like two seconds on this probably. Yeah. It Speaking wasn't... of things that are fantastic. <laughs> just, uh... It fucking sucks. I, I gave it two stars and it, that's probably generous. Mm, uh, yeah. yeah. It was pretty bad. Mm. Polly isn't as over as he used to be. He's, he wasn't over at all. I was pretty yeah. amazed. He used to be. These Bullet Club uh, fans, they were really into the Gorillas. They were really into... Uh, well, no, they really didn't like Juice or Jay White. I mean, were they just they, tired from the previous I think they match? like booing Jay White. Yeah, yeah they, like, they like booing Jay White. Maybe they were tired from the Osprey Archer. I don't know, but they didn't really care. But I, I, it, You know what? I think it was just everyone loved Evil. Yeah, like that was something they collectively all just love more than their love for Bali. <laughs> Everyone loves evil. There's like it's no one really fun to champ. Yeah. yeah, everything is evil. Just a whole building. I mean, is chanting evil, everybody, evil. Everybody laughed too when they showed that evil pre-match. Like they showed all the participants of the show. And evil had like the pentagram with the cards. <laughs> everybody was gonna kick out. It's just like so over the top. It, it rules. I will say the most disappointing thing of the whole show for me is that we didn't get any evil lasers. No, I, I was like, where are the lasers? I guess it's too. They, the building was so bright. I guess. Yeah, yeah they, that's a, like I don't understand why. If you know that the crowd is going to be small. Why would you have the lights on like full bore yeah. in the building? I don't think they give a shit. <laughs> the answer. I really don't. I think we care way more about this than they do. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So, like, just being a Japanese company in America is impressive enough to like Japanese people, which is part of the point, basically, of doing these shows. I mean, the crowd's really into it. You know, I think that's enough. I mean, they used to show these fucking clips of them at Ring of Honor, which in front of like 500 people, and be like, look how popular we are in America. Because it's, just, it's cool to have, it's considered cool there, basically, to have Americans cheering for your thing. So, yeah, I don't think they really give a shit. But, yeah, this match sucked. Mm-hmm. It wasn't very good. Fowley cheated to win, he used Evil's chair thing, and, and he pinned him. The bad luck fall. Yeah, but, was, I like that move. That's but, like, that was cool. I, chanted, I, sh- I shouted Rogue General once. It was pretty silent, so you might have been able to hear it on the broadcast. <laughs> Sucked. No other thoughts on this, I'm assuming. So, Zack Sabre Jr. Awesome. versus Sonata. Yeah, this fucking ruled. I saw some people say it sucked. I don't what? know. What? Who the fuck? People on Twitter said yeah. it was bad. I'm still wondering if this is my match tonight. Like, I'm going to pull recurring match. guest Taylor May. I don't know how to say his last name. Taylor on blast. <laughs> yes, Taylor gave it like three stars. Who's, which, the Taylor? Yes, the Taylor we know. No, another Taylor. Yes. Oh. Voice wrestling Taylor. Manberg? He really doesn't like Zach. It's um, more than I don't think he likes Sonata either. I didn't know that. But he really doesn't like Zach. Okay. I don't like Sonata. I think Sonata's boring, but he was awesome in this match. He he had so much charisma. charisma. Yeah. He He was like super if if this kind of Sonata was more often or maybe just comes across live better, I don't know, but he was awesome. And I don't even like Sonata. I love Sonata, so I'm already... Sonata's like one of my top guys in the promotion. And this match... And I I used to not like Sabre Jr. for a while, but 
I think it was last year's G1 was just so he was so all of his matches were great and told great stories. I think he just needs the right opponent to know how to like uh, sell right for his submissions and stuff like that. But I think he's been great lately, and I used to really hate him. But like last year's G1, I just thought all of his matches were pretty much awesome, and I think he's been great since then. I think his backstage promos are also hilarious and great. I think he cuts yeah. great promos, you know. You know, like just reading that quote where he said, like, you know, performing my style of wrestling in front of Americans is like reading Shakespeare to dogs or something or something. <laughs> yeah, which I, thought great I can't match. wait to listen to that. I hope it goes up on. And, you know, talking I, about how Miller like, tastes like piss and other stuff he says. He's always like hilarious, the stuff he says. Um, I, I thought this was fucking awesome. I went four and a quarter. Yeah. And I think, first of all, the, just, the, the two of them work so well together. I mean, like, their mat exchanges are so fucking mm. smooth and fun to watch. Um, you know, all the counters and counters and counters. Sometimes that can be annoying, but here I thought it was, like, just, you know. And, and the, the crowd was just, like, first of all, this is not a haters got it. You, you can hate Sanaa if you want, listener. He's very popular. But why do people hate Sanaa? They, they say he's they boring. They say he has no charisma? I mean, he's, he's boring and he's, he has goofy hair. He's super popular. <laughs> he's super popular in Japan. And here he was super popular in America. Yeah, the crowd loved him. The crowd him. loved him. Yeah. And like when he when he reversed that fucking thing for Saber and like got the clutch the clutch for the pinfall, mm-hmm. the crowd like jumped up and down. Like people yeah. literally jumped out of their seats and fist bumped. They were so fucking happy. And the pop when he won. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. When he yeah. won, like oh, the crowd yeah. went fucking nuts. And then like a whole section jumped up and was like going crazy. Yeah. yeah Saber's reaction. Yeah. <laughs> like great. when when he loses, not because he lost when he like gets out wrestled and a guy beats him kinda like like he always throws a like because he thinks that's the things he's best at and he's always rising and singing and and I, that's that's another win that has to happen, I think, in this G one. Ethel has to beat Saber Jr. Like yeah. he's Saber Jr.'s beaten him like a million times. Like, People got to win on him. Yeah, he did. He got one, but you. But I think Saber they, I think it's like seven and one or something. I don't, um, I don't know. But yeah, this one twenty one twelve, which I can't even believe because it, it did not yeah. feel that. I think, did it go longer than main event? Uh, uh, no, I went longer than semi. Main event one, but only one like a minute. Oh, yeah. Okay. All these matches went about uh, very close to over twenty. Yeah. yeah. I love the grappling. In this, yeah. that like it had all because I'm a huge MMA fan, and all of the like you would think like a lot of that like evolved Timothy Thatcher like grapple heavy style would be a thing that I would really gravitate to, but I never did because it misses some of the stuff about like MMA that is so appealing that this match had, which was like scrambles, like mm. where someone tries to like catch something, you try to get a takedown. This happened last week in the UFC where, like, someone tries to get a takedown, and he denies that takedown, and that leads to this scramble that's this chain of things, and then someone ends up on top. And, I mean, they did this to almost comical degrees at times, like in this match, uh, but it worked so well, and that was one of the things that, like, really, for me, like, just the mat work in this match, I love. Yeah, yeah I'm generally with you there, like... I thought it went a little too long for my liking, but I enjoyed a lot of the grappling stuff, and I'm someone who uh, really does not like that style of pro wrestling in most I love cases. that style, and I was fucking yeah. super into but it. Yeah. I mean, look, there are, there, there are better uh, straight-up grapplers, especially in Japan, than Zack Sabre Jr. I mean, I saw, like, at Hard Hit, remember that match with the jiu-jitsu guys? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Much, like those people are better grapplers, but Zack is good at what he does, which is... Um, you know, basically setting up a match in his style 
in a way that you know like makes sense and, and but also fits into a more new japan style of match you know you gotta have those peaks and valleys you can't just have two guys and i, I as much as i enjoyed two guys laying on the mat for 15 minutes the general new japan audience would not enjoy that so i think he does a good job making the grappling stuff work in a more new japan you know mainstream sense totally yeah these these two are really good opponents for each other like they have just fantastic chemistry every one of their matches is great um zach is another one of those wrestlers who live just pops more than uh than he does on tv uh there's a lot of little things he does like when sonata had him in the in the ropes and and zach's just like come on do it do it because he's trapped, but and he's angry that he's trapped, and you get more, you can feel like he's more angry. Yeah. I... Also, also uh, the camera does not do justice to how handsome of a man Zack Sabre Jr. is. <laughs> he's, he's a good-looking dude. Uh... I'd say the same thing about Sonata. Like, Sonata Live. I think out of all the wrestlers on the show who got live bumped for me, Sonata was easily the highest, because... He just like like others people have been saying like you get this live charisma that just pops off this like you see him and you're like oh man that dude is a superstar why is he third from the top like if they can harness that and I think they will I think he can definitely like get to another level and be on the level of the Tanahashi Okada likes because live he was incredibly impressive. I agree. Um, I, I see. I feel like it is a live charisma versus tape thing too, because I mean, like we met up with Joe Lanza at one point, and he was raving about Sonata's charisma. I'm like, why can't he show that all the time? And I kind of felt like, I mean, he felt more charismatic than usual tonight to me. But I feel like I've definitely seen him be very charismatic in person before. So I don't know. I think it is like his charisma works better live than it does on tape. Um, okay, so semi-main: Kota Ibushi and Kenta. Uh, Kenta won in 2050. You want to go to sleep. I understand this is a bit of a controversial match on the internets. Um, I really thought it was awesome. Again, like I went four and a quarter. Um, and I thought it worked as a just a fucking war, you know, with two people just beating the shit out of each other. I saw some complaints like it was too slow. And I, I get that. Kenta definitely did not work at like a super fast pace. And maybe he just needs time to get back into that kind of shape. Or maybe he never will. Who knows? But he's also been off for like six months and just spent five years in like prison. So, I mean, I, I don't really blame him for that. But I thought the, I thought they also were trying to tell a story of a match that was slower and more physical. That was two people beating the shit out of each other and being very stiff with each other. And, you know, I, I also think like they didn't like do the big bombastic New Japan closing stretch. Because it was just like about Kenta beating the crap out of Ibushi and then he... Hit his finisher and he pinned him. I thought it was like very simple in a way, and just like trying to establish this man as a badass. But yeah, I just, I just thought like I'm sure it also got a little bit of a live bump. But being ringside and just like hearing how gross those fucking kicks oh, were that Kenta yes. was throwing, especially there was one where he kicked him and he was not slapping all the fire or anything, and it sounded like he it just like echoed down there. I'm like, oh, this like it was a nasty, hard striking match. Yeah, when you can feel the strikes. And you're nine rows back, and you know that's special. Yeah. Like, yeah, this is definitely a match set to 
established Kenta as this, like, he's going to be a player. Like, he's beaten Kota Ibushi, who was in the finals last year, and he's obviously a big player. And this match just overall, like, I can understand the criticisms of it, that it was slow, but just seeing Kenta, and he, even in his five years in prison, death, whatever purgatory you want to call it, he has not lost anything in terms of, like, a live, like, aura, in my opinion. Like, because the crowd loved him, and he just came off like he is, like, he belongs in New Japan. And I I also enjoyed this a whole lot, and the strikes were some of the nastiest shit I've ever heard, and it was unfucking believable Yeah, that is a good point. The crowd really loved him. Like, I, I wasn't sure exactly what the reaction would be, but, like, they just, like, adored him. And you can tell even he looked a little stunned by it. Yeah. I think the crowd uh, appreciated him being there. Maybe not as a Japanese legend, Kenta, but as we know where you were, we know it kind of sucked, and we're glad you're here now. <laughs> like, I think that was a lot of the, the Kenta chants and everything was just, like, Good on you for getting out. <laughs> totally. I was surprised, like, how one-sided the match was. Because, it, I mean, it wasn't... For the vast majority of the match, it wasn't really that back and forth. It was just Kenta just kicking Kota Ibushi, like, all over. And just beating him and beating him and beating him. Um, and so I kept waiting for, at the end of the match, like, oh, now we're going to have, like, the big back-and-forth sequence. And it was like... Not really. Like, Kota kind of came back a little bit, and then Kenta just put the knee pad down, hit him with the go to sleep, and pinned him. And that was that. And you're like, wow, okay. Uh, oh, another thing. I don't know if you guys could see from where you were sitting, but Shibata was there and was uh, watching not, this We match. saw him on the screen. Yeah. Did not where was Shibata? He was, so if you were looking at the stage, he was to the right of the stage, oh. like back in the empty area over there. Um, and so it was just kind of standing there watching the match from back over there. That's cool. Yeah, but he got like a gigantic pop when they showed him on on the uh, on the on the screen. So uh, I thought I was a little disappointed in the match. Mm-hmm. Like it, it was a slow paced match, and I expected it to be a much faster pace. Uh, it, it was good. I enjoyed it. I chanted it along with Kinta's chants, just like everybody else, and I was happy to see him. But I was, I expected a different match, and and instead we got a rather methodical beat down, and and so you know, if you were gonna do that kind of match, I don't know if putting it as your semi-main event is the right spot for it. Like maybe if you swapped. Uh, like Sonata and Zack in this match, it would have felt more natural, but, you know, minor complaints, really, because it was still pretty kick-ass. Glenn, you have any thoughts on this? Or no? uh, well, I was a little disappointed, but uh, I'll see what Kenta does in his next match. So you don't like it as much as I did? I didn't like it as much as you did, no. Okay. But I, was, I, 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 I did not see anything from Kenta, necessarily, that changes my opinion like i still don't know about him going into the rest of the tournament like i didn't see anything from here that made me say yes 100 percent kenta is back he's gonna 
just buzzsaw through people. But I also didn't see uh, lazy Hideo Itami either. So, I don't know. I, it's still up in the air to me what, how, how he's going to do. I don't give it like three and a half stars. Like Okay. So you hated it. <laughs> Kenta's your least favorite wrestler of all time. Alright. Then the main event. Okada and Tanahashi. Okada won in 2204 at the Rainmaker. Mm-hmm. I mean, first of all, the most important thing I think is just the crowd reaction at the very start. Before which, before, before they even did anything, uh, like, the crowd just, like, one of the, it's one of the coolest things I've seen on a live show, especially in America where the crowd just, like, all stood up and just gave him a standing ovation. It was, like, very organic, very, like, you know, like, a long, sustained ovation just for the two of them having being here to have this match, which was so cool. I mean, you know, Rod drew, what, like, 10,000? And I would be fucking shocked if they made anywhere close to that level of noise for anything on the show. So, um, but, yeah, so that was awesome. Uh, and then the match itself was awesome, too. I went four and a half stars on it. I thought... You know, it was very much like, kind of just like, we're going to show you a typical Okada Tanahashi match. It didn't break any strong new ground, but the combination of being there live, you know, the crowd was so into everything in this match, which can really elevate a match, obviously, especially when you're in it. And the work was, like, all good. It's not like they fucked anything up or anything. And, like, you know, it just, I wouldn't put it in the top tier of Okada Tanahashi matches. But I definitely liked it better than some Okada Tanahashi matches. And it wasn't like... Some of them... Like, some of their matches have been... Um, a little of what I would almost call overblown. Like, they're trying so hard to be epic. They do a little too much and go a little too long. Especially the Tokyo Dome ones, I think. Okada has that problem. Yes. Yeah, she does have that problem in general. But I think the Tokyo Dome ones especially suffer from that. That's why, like, my favorite Okada Tanahashi matches are all, like, Sumo Hall ones, basically. But... This did not have that problem. I mean, they, they told a very simple story. You know, Okada eventually got the got the Rainmaker after the Spinning Tombstone. That was it, one, two, three. So they didn't go nuts with it. But it still felt like Tanahashi could have won. You know, they still did a good back and forth with the high fly flows and everything. And, you know, people went nuts for that slap counter, which is still, like, one of my all-time favorite wrestling move counters. But, you know, there wasn't anything that went too... Didn't go too long wasn't, like, anything stupid, like, working over a leg and then just abandoning or anything like that. So, and then I thought the work was good enough, plus the crowd, to elevate it to, like, a four-and-a-half-star level match. But, yeah, it was awesome. Clevin, you got any thoughts on this? Uh, I don't know why Tanahashi has to lose every time I go see him. <laughs> and, uh, every time I wear the shirt, he loses. What, what he the lost other MSG. Yeah. And he lost at the Super, the Super Junior Finals. Maybe you should stop wearing that fucking shirt. Because you know, you're wearing a Tanahashi but, shirt. So. Yeah, the match was awesome. But, yeah. What was your star rating, buddy? Uh, uh, what did Joe say? Like four and a third? Uh, <laughs> That's so stupid. stupid. Uh, it's a pick know. a quarter or a half. I can't. Uh, I think four and a quarter, I, I guess. Know. But, fucking but I, I, don't know, I, I love this match, but, uh, but I, they, they did... I mean, I just know they've had so so many like amazing matches. So and and this is amazing too. So I, I don't know. But they've had bad ones. I mean, not bad. No. But they've had no, not bad. No, no, not bad. They've had ones that weren't as good as this. Is yeah. I guess what I'm saying. 
Okay. Watch Baron Corbin and Lee Buddy. <laughs> oh, not bad, not bad. But they've had more matches than that. I know. Baron. Did they ever do that thing where before where Okada went for his pose and Tanahashi was like, "You're gonna do that, motherfucker," and he went to roll. I don't roll think they've done that before. They might have. I think like, I Zach I think has that, done that to him. Zach. I feel like it's been done before, but I don't know if by Tanahashi. Yeah. Someone is like that. screaming at their fucking iPod right now. If it's, if it has happened, yeah, it might. Have, I can't but, think but, of but, it. But, I don't. I don't think I don't, it happened I can't in their think. G one matches the last couple times. Maybe yeah. in their dome no. matches. Well, they had three matches last year. It might have happened. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so come on, it's more people. Give thoughts. Um, I was surprised <laughs> because I, I didn't think this match would end up being an important match in the rivalry, just because I, it was you know on American soil and stuff. I figured they'd save important moments. But Okada just beating Tanahashi with one Rainmaker in 20-some-odd minutes, like, that has to be the shortest match they've ever had. I, I'm, they, I'm they, shocked. They, every other G1 match has gone to a draw between yeah, the they, two they of them. Te- that's another thing. They never teased They didn't like even draw, tease a draw. Because they didn't even go the 25 minutes. I thought maybe... I thought for sure this wouldn't be a draw. Someone would win. But I thought they'd, like, go pretty close. I thought it'd be, like, 28 minutes or something. I thought we'd get to they, a countdown or something. Yeah, but... but but no, Okada just tombstones them, Rainmakers them at 24 minutes or whatever. Very definitive. I don't, you know, it's, pro- it's not the end of their rivalry, certainly, no. but it, it felt like Tanahashi was not on Okada's level for maybe the first time. And so I, I was, I'll be interested to see whether the story between these two continues, because... You know, storytelling and wrestling is, is not a thing, but I love it. And that's the main reason I watch, is for these big, long, epic stories. And so I'm curious to see what's next next year, you know, between the two, because of just how definitively Okada won. And, yeah, it's interesting. I don't, I don't think Tanahashi's going to be in the IWGP title mix anytime soon. He seems pretty firmly... On a tier below the Jay Whites and Naitos and Okadas. And I know a lot of people pick like a Tanahashi Naito finale for the G1 here. And uh, I don't know. We'll see. It didn't fill me with confidence that Tanahashi's going to have a great tournament. Yeah. I feel like it could be a Naito Kenta finale or a Naito mm-hmm. Yeah, those ones are both. I mean, I picked Naito Tanahashi for the tournament. I. Might still happen, but I don't it might. Okay. Tanahashi could make a comeback, but I mean, he yeah. just he just lost. Like yeah. he didn't. Like it was a hard fought match, but he very definitively lost. And like I said, this was I think the most definitive match they've had that I've seen. I haven't seen all their matches, but all the ones in the past several years. And yeah, there's always always something, but this one is just bam. Tombstone, Rainmaker. I expected him to kick out. Yeah, I did too. And, I did too. And then he didn't. And I was like, oh, yeah. all right. It's not like they were making... I mean, look, their whole thing with Okada clearly is, you know, he is our guy, especially in America. Yeah. And, you know, I think for the most part, I mean, you look at the reactions he gets, it pays off. I mean, he's always gotten reactions, but his crowd reactions in America now are, like, higher than they've ever been. I mean, they treat him like, you know... Hum- I mean, they treat Okada and Naito... As like the guys, basically, like stars. Yeah, and like, like well, like like a star level above the rest yes. of the roster. Yes, which is what they are. I mean, I guess. So, but but like, it Imagine wasn't that. always that. Like a few, 
There was a time when Shinsuke Nakamura was more popular than Okada yeah, yeah. in America. And if he had not left, he probably would still be. I don't know about that. Maybe. Actually, the way they booked Okada is so strong, I think I think he'd be up there, too. We'd be getting into some alternate yeah. dimension yeah. hypotheticals. But, but he's, yeah. he's like a different level now than he was even like four or five years ago. And you could probably thank Kenny Omega for some of that. Yes, I'm sure. I mean, Kenny... Yeah. Him being on All In, and then him going to the main event and his team beating Jay White. I mean, clearly he's the guy yeah. for them, in America especially. So, I'm not really surprised he just vanquished Tanahashi. And Tanahashi, I mean, he was over. He's he, he's always had a weird, like, less popularity in America. I think it's because American fans didn't grow up with him like Japanese fans did. So, they just kind of know him as the old guy, basically. But... He still is like he got a big, bigger reaction there, than. There's a respect for Tanahashi yeah. that that people have, but it's sort of the same respect they have for Liger or yeah. Nagata like or something like yeah. that, you know. And he he's not the superstar he is in Japan. Yeah. In Japan, uh, you guys haven't gotten to talk at all about the match yet, so how about you jump in? Ah, all right. Um, uh, seeing Okada Tanahashi live was a surreal moment, and. For me, it's impossible to rate this match just because I was so just joyous and living and dying with the crowd because it's Okada and Tanahashi, two of the wrestlers that, like, as I got into New Japan, I watched their feud, and I'm like, oh, my God, this is something else because I was used to watching that bullshit WWE in, like, 2014, which was not good, in my opinion. So, like, watching these Okada-Tanahashi matches is these two legendary figures facing off, and then seeing that in person was just a like a surreal moment. So like that just enhanced the match so much for me. And as far as like a match itself, like I thought that there was some unique stuff, but a lot of it was just like, they kind of just played the hits, but like that was totally fine by me because it's Okada and it's Tanahashi facing off. And I didn't have to fly 15 hours or whatever to Japan to see it. Just for that reason alone, it was just a match that I'm never going to forget. And uh, I've seen Okada twice now, once at All In, once here. And I must say, I definitely prefer Tanahashi as an opponent opponent for him than Marty Skrull. Uh That's all I got. Yeah, I was, you know, it's really hard to separate, like, thinking about, like, oh, the quality of the match. And yada, yada, like, the way that you would normally evaluate wrestling. When you're in the building and you're seeing Okada and Tanahashi, and it's like, it, here, it's this epic match that you're getting the chance to see i mean it's the modern day flare steamboat or fire font or whatever you know whichever combo you want to throw together this is that and you get to be there and you get to see it and it was just like man it was so electric it was so great the match was incredible i'm i'm trying to think and you know i've been to a lot of shows but i don't think i've seen that many great matches at any of the shows that I've seen. And so I think this may be the best match I've ever seen live. I went four and a half. You could talk me into four and three quarters. Um, it was, yeah, I mean, it was just absolutely incredible. I definitely agree. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I didn't give a star rating or anything, but like four and a half, I think, is. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, I want to rewatch it mm-hmm. because just being there live was so awesome yeah uh but I, th- I think four and a half feels right yeah i mean to me it's like a match just below the like top tier matches of your contenders so 
Four and a half sounds about right to me. Um, anything? Anyone else want to add anything about the show before we wrap? Uh, I'll add a crowd interact, uh, fan interaction I had. So um, during uh, Ibushi and Kenta, uh, there's some dumbass chants. Whatever American fans are stupid sometimes. Sometimes. And, yeah, I'm being generous. Fight and they're chanting like fight forever. And I'm like, ugh. Then the guy in front of me is like, not a fan of '90s ECW. To which I responded coolly, I wasn't alive. <laughs> and he turned right the fuck around. And I, he's like, ah, you made me feel old, sir. <laughs> yeah, I do that a lot, don't I? You, you right. do, yes. <laughs> what are you gonna do? Grow old and die. <laughs> that is what I'm gonna do. Hopefully, I make it there. Uh, yeah, I mean, at least we have less of a chance of seeing the planet completely melt. So, we can yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm probably going to be there for that. They'll stop carding me you know, for R-rated movies. But... <laughs> Are you above sixteen, sir? I was sixteen more than sixteen years ago. Yes. <laughs> All right, that does well. So that will bring us, I guess, to the end here. Um, as far as the show itself, I mean, how can you not call a show at four four star plus matches anything but a great show? I had an awesome time. I thought everybody in the crowd was great, uh, except for the people behind us that kept making jokes about the ring announcement <laughs> Japanese. Look, the, the numbers. First of all, his Japanese, his English is better than your fucking Japanese. Okay. Second of all, it's really not that deep. They don't have certain sounds in Japanese, <laughs> so it's hard for them to say it in English. I promise you, if you try to say certain sounds in Japanese, you you're going to sound fucking Mars. terrible. I sound terrible trying to say anything with an R sound in Japanese because... Oh, uh, it's... It, I, uh, like... Oh, God, that just brings back bad memories of trying to say, like... It's like... The, it, you have to make a tongue noise that you can't even make in English. Well, I don't me? know why I'm talking about Japanese uh, pronunciation. Me? Yeah, yeah, you said like basically be like, between R and L. B, yeah. E, B, F. <laughs> I, just, I just try to get somewhere between an R and an L in English, yeah, yeah, which is yeah. still technically wrong, but is at least closer to right than just saying it the English way. Because I can't do the thing they say with the tongue and whatever. I just cannot do it. I can't pronounce English, people. <laughs> so yeah. I'm not really going to have any luck with Japanese. Oh, I did forget during the Zack Sabre Jr. match, I totally loved the spot where Zack just decided to mess with the timekeeper. Where like, <laughs> he's counting and Zack's just kind of, oh no, I'm not going to make it in. <laughs> and then he rolls in and flips him off. And like that got a huge pop. That, that was one of those things like that Zack, that what I mentioned earlier, like... He just pops live more than I've seen him in a show, and I don't know if the camera doesn't catch that kind of thing when he's when you're you know watching it. But it, he he was my favorite guy. Just in the difference between how much I enjoy them, you know, watching them on TV, and I, I do enjoy him, but then watching them live, it was it was another level. Yeah, I mean, just live wrestling is awesome. If, yeah, it is. You know, I mean, look, if you've never gone to it and you're listening to this, please go to a show, especially go. Which to is why we're tomorrow. all going to Slammiversary tomorrow, yeah. right? <laughs> I'm not going. I gotta go. We gotta fly home. I think me and August are the only ones. I I may still. Do I'm it. gonna be a walk up. It'll, do I, it. I don't know what my plans are tomorrow, but if I end up not doing anything tomorrow night, uh, yeah, I may just roll up to Slammiversary. I, I'm like ninety five percent certain. If I was here. I bought a ticket. If I was here, <laughs> if I was here tomorrow night, I would go. It's just I have a six p.m. flight. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm trying to take as few days off as I can, basically, for this because 
Just got back from a two-week trip in Japan. Yeah. So. I, I planned this weekend, just a, you know, a vacation weekend before they announced mm-hmm. the Impact show. So I was like, oh, yeah. I did love in the voice wrestling slack when Rich Preach, like, because everybody makes fun of him <laughs> as, like, Mr. Vacation. And he gets so he mad did, about he did come, <laughs> He didn't go to this show, so then he just pointed out, what the fuck, John just got back for two weeks in Japan, <laughs> and they're going all the way to fucking Dallas, and no one gets on John about being, like, Mr. Vacation. John's not the boss. Yeah, yeah. basically. But it was really funny. He just, like, exploded all of a sudden. <laughs> like, he gets so mad about he that vacation really thing. He mad about being going to vacation. you for, your, like, your anime, your anime con schedule and all that. Yeah, because <laughs> I said that. I was like, well, I have my anime con schedule. He's like, your anime con schedule? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> Which, by the way, I'll be at Otakon in three weeks and now have to figure out a way to buy the fucking tickets for New York and Philly at Otakon. Since that's where they're going on sale. They always find a way to fuck it's over at Otakon. It's like either the fucking G1 finals of that weekend, and I have to, like, the they semi. Every con. Yeah, like the semi. Anime is, like, is always the weekend of Dominion, <laughs> and Anime Balls is always the weekend of Sakura Genesis, and, like, like Yeah, talking to the mic, buddy. I don't even know if you're New Japan always has a big show the weekend of a con we're going. But now this time they have a G1 show, which isn't that big, but we have to find a way to buy our mm-hmm. tickets, so. I have a New Japan Pro Wrestling panel, by the way, if you're going to Otakon. So. Nice plug. Oh, nice. Yes. I like how I always end up talking about anime when I go on your podcast. This is like the second We're not really now. talking about anime, though. Oh, you want to talk about the Season 3 Part 2 of Attack oh, on Titan? We're good. We finished, we could, I could put on Dragon Ball Super. Dragon Ball Super. Hey, that's an anime. I know what it is. There's Goku. Yeah. Goku. Son Goku, actually. Gohan? No, Son Goku's his name. That's his full name, but in the dub, Son Goku. Goku. Is he's, I don't want to know. Okay. Um, and then Sun Gohan. Sun yeah. Gohan. Like their family right. name. Yeah. Um, their last name is Sun? Yes. Okay. Okay. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Goku's son. <laughs> Goku's son. Do they call him Goku Sun Sun? Yeah. No, they were just... no, okay. You were... <laughs> I'm about to seriously answer your question, which is not actually a question. So I'm very tired. Yeah. Um, let's wrap this up. We'll look ahead at next week's uh, G1 Japan openers really quickly. So next Saturday, they're going to be in Oda City Gymnasium for the first B-Block night, which is crazy. As, as stacked as the A-Block is, the B-Block is somehow like very stacked as well. The B-Block is just a totally different dynamic because that's where all the hosses are. The hosses and, 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 and the sleeves. I mean, I'm more excited with the B-Block than the A-Block. I understand most people are going to be born to the A-Block, but I get to see... John Moxley fight Tai Chi next week. <laughs> so okay. weird. John Moxley, the fucking go back in time. You're going to tell someone next year in the G1, you're going to see Dean Ambrose <laughs> and Tai Chi yeah. on the fucking opening night for the B block and see what the, the, your head would explode. So I'm going to see that. Uh, Juice Robinson, Shingo Takagi next week. That's going to be awesome. Uh, Toriano and Naito, which I'm excited for after the tonight. Ishii and Ka, which I'm way more excited Ooh. for now. After tonight, Goto and then the main event, Goto and Jay White. Jo- Hopefully, Goto gets Jay White. Yes. Yeah, so that's Otis City. Everyone in there is either just a brute or a sleaze bag, and it's yeah. awesome. And then the second night of the A block is the Sunday, so a week from tomorrow. Recording this, um, Lance Archer and Bad Luck Folly. Like, uh-huh. They're getting out of the way early, I guess. Uh, but then Will Ospreay Sonata that could be interesting that should be awesome it's gonna be good uh, Okada Okada and ZSJ which yeah, you know they had their I think Zach's Zach's a Zach's high win. upset yeah. chance for that because he needs to set up a real cross main event Ibushi and Evil which could be good and then Tanahashi and Kenta which is yeah. just like one of those matches 
You're just like, what the fuck is that going to be? I think the, that Will-Sonata match is really interesting because if Will can't beat Sonata, I'm not sure who he gets any wins over. Except yeah. maybe, you know, a fluke volley win or something like that. I think that. he beats Sabre. But... Yeah, I, I think he beats Sabre too. Sabre and Kenta, I think, are possibilities because they're on the smaller size. But, like, out of all the... Actual heavyweights. I feel like he's gonna be evil for some reason. He could, yeah. but like Sonata and Evil are are pretty much at yeah. the same level, uh, and they're, you know, they're ranked lower. They, if he can't beat Sonata and or Evil, he's not definitely not beating Okada. He's not beating Tanahashi. Or he might, not be, he beat might beat Tanahashi. I'm I think he will. Oh, but okay. if if he can't get through, if Sonata he can't get a win evil. over Sonata, who yeah, who is, I think ranked a little bit below Evil in, yeah. in the pecking order. You know, I'm not sure where he picks up any very many wins. And then the last thing I want to mention too, since we're going to be talking about it next week probably, the Monday show in Hokkaido. Rules. No, Monday. <laughs> we're definitely the one night of the year. The WWE goes, goes extreme. extreme. No, featuring Baron Corbin and Lacey Evans, the hottest power couple of 2019. Yeah. Is that really what they're calling them? Fuck no, I don't. Know. <laughs> I don't All right, so next watch. Monday in Hokkaido, um, the last of the first three nights in Japan in a row. Has Yano and Shingo, which I, I just can't imagine what it's going to be. <laughs> Juice and Goto, and they always have pretty awesome matches. Cobb and John Moxley, which whatever. Um, awesome. Ishii and Jay White, which, I mean, I, I, they, I don't think they've ever fought each other. That'll be interesting. I don't... No nonsense Ishii against... So. I mean, they weren't in the same block last year. Mm-hmm. So, because Ishii was B-block, I think. He, he was in chaos until... Yeah. They might have been opposite of some tags or something, yeah. but... And then the main event... The rematch, Naito and Taichi. The match booked specifically for me. So I'm so fucking excited to see them fight again. So I think they can even top their match at uh, New Beginning, which I loved. So that's an awesome first three nights in Japan. Very excited. Uh, the grade one climax is just kicking off. We're going to be back here next week to talk all about it. Uh, going to talk about the first, I believe, the f- just Saturday and Sunday. Plus we'll talk about Fight for the Fallen. So, oh, yeah. I believe my guest is Sean Cedor. Okay. Why are you giving me the... Quinlan wants to go to bed, I guess. Um, <laughs> Quinlan is, like, practically about to pass out on the floor. Yeah. And I feel quite I mean, bad. I was, I was clearly in the process of wrapping things up, buddy. Mm-hmm. It's fine. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, why don't we get the plugs in? Jeremy, start with you. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, at Jeremy Sexton. Um, yeah, that's really about it. Uh, and you, what do you usually do at Voices of Wrestling? Oh, Voices of Wrestling, I do random odds ends, contribute here and there. I've got a couple things I'm working on. I've got um, a uh, a board game review that's going to oh, be coming yeah, to Voices bought... of Wrestling. Well, how was that game? Give us a spoiler. So the spoiler, uh, the game's called Book It. It's a card game where you book a wrestling promotion. It's like, you know, TEW, the board game, basically. It's good. And it's really? honestly like one of the best economic sim games I've played in a long time. Uh, you really feel like you're running a business, which is kind of interesting. Ah, that's just what I want to feel. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, basically all board games, if you boil them down, could like become just like spreadsheets. <laughs> like yeah. you can you turn them all into accounting, essentially. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's really solid. I know, I'll definitely be looking forward to that review. Uh, Jack, why don't you give me your plugs here? 
could follow me at Packerman120. I don't really tweet much. I said this last time. I'm very unappealing. But uh, I uh, might review some G1 shows. Uh, I am a delinquent teenager who works at McDonald's, so I have plenty of free time on my hands. Um, so, yeah, maybe I'll do that. I don't really got anything else. No, that's it. I'm just going to go back to figuring out what I'm going to get delivered to my hotel. Okay. Um, and, the, and I also want to mention, too... Now I lost my train of thought. What I was going to say something. When you, oh, the G1 reviews. I will not be doing any of them because that's grunt work. And I <laughs> they, they're podcast, all getting picked up I am by a podcast people. Host. So. No, I, I just hate doing written reviews. See, honestly. I do too sometimes, but sometimes you can't get the juices flowing. Yeah, I just really hate doing written reviews. The roundtable ones are a little maybe because I feel like I can just give my opinions really quickly. But I was apparently like the... Like, people got really mad when I was on the SummerSlam round table last year. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm well known as a WWE hater. But I think I was on that oh, one, no. too. Should just have you and you and Garrett Kidney should just do all the reviews. <laughs> they would love it, I know. Uh, all right, August, give me plugs. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at AugustBaker12. It's mostly just filled with pictures of my toddler. Um, I write for Voices of Wrestling, although I haven't done much this year, but... You know, maybe the second half of the year will turn that around. We'll get we were, some columns and stuff. We were on a preview together, probably. I I did. I've done one New Japan preview this year, and I did one WWE preview okay. this year. But I I always like to tell myself I'm going to write more opinion columns and stuff like that. And this year I have not. But maybe the second half will turn it around. All right, Quentin. Yeah. Plug something. <laughs> I don't have anything. You have a fucking Twitter. Yeah, but I almost never tweet. Uh, uh. It's, uh, what was it, John? You talking I'm, to the fucking mic? Uh, at I'm... Uh, underscore not underscore Quinlan. Quinlan. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, and, of course, you can follow us on Twitter at WrestleOmakase. Wrestling does not fit. Quinlan <laughs> gets so angry when I say that. It's great. Uh, like I said, next week, we'll be talking G1 and Fight for the Fallen. The week after that, we'll be talking G1 and Peter Pan, because that's coming up. Basically, it doesn't work out for Peter Pan, because it's, it's on Monday, and I, we record a Sunday usually at home. So. But it'll be Peter Pan and G1, and then we'll probably take a week off because of Otakon. But, you know, what are you going to do? you got to have priorities. Yeah, got to. got to have priorities. All right, folks. Thank you, as always, for listening. We will see you next time. Uh, let's get five seconds of like complete silence. Okay. And uh, I'll count it down. <laughs>